Welcome to Your Excellent You, a self-development podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Danielle, and I believe that success is achieved from the inside out. I'm a certified life coach with over a decade of experience running a profitable online business. Here's what I know for sure. Being an entrepreneur is a crash course in self-development. So I'm taking everything I've learned throughout my business building journey and sharing it with you. If you want practical, actionable insights to improve your mindset and grow your business, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest. I'm speaking with author and coach Christine Seibold. Christine is a certified coach with a master's degree in international relations from Harvard. She currently runs a private coaching practice, Freelance in Freedom, where she helps women follow their passion and leads them through the process of starting their own business so they can live the freedom lifestyle that they dream of. Christine is an accomplished world traveler who speaks multiple languages. In her book, Blondie Without Borders, she shares true stories from her life growing up with no boundaries and the lessons that she's learned along the way. Today, Christine and I are talking about how the lack of boundaries in one area of your life can show up in other areas, including your business. With that, let's welcome Christine Seibold to the podcast. Thanks for being here today, Christine. It is an honor to have you as our guest. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here with you. Well, I could not wait to have you on because I've read your book and it is fascinating. It seems like you've lived literally nine lives. And it reminded me as each chapter went on, I was like, oh my gosh, there's more of the book. This isn't the end <laughs> because you have so many moments where you're like, wow, that that was just shocking and profound, but yet something else came up. And so it reminded me as I was reading of the quote, um, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And so with that, tell us a little bit about your book and what compelled you to write this book so that others could learn from your experiences. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I feel like I've lived nine lives or at least three lives. Um, so I can relate to that. Um, what compelled me? Well, so the book is about my husband and I walking through the streets of Seville, Spain, which is my favorite place in the world. And as we walk through, um, we see or run into people or a memory and it, it strikes a memory for us to uh, go. I go back and tell a story. And that story has to do with a time that I didn't have boundaries in my life. Um, it covers areas like business, traveling, spending money, um, lots of problems with alcohol and addiction and food as well. So it kind of covers all areas of life where a lot of people struggle with having boundaries. And what's so fascinating about the book, again, like I said, it's like you read one chapter, which could have in itself be its own movie. And then it's <laughs> another chapter. And I do love how you weave in this, the travels and your experience in Seville, Spain, which is, as you said, one of your favorite places or the favorite place in the world. And so with that, let's talk about what did the lack of boundaries look like for you? Let's let's take a let's step back in time. When where did you realize that you didn't have boundaries? What's the first profound time that you realized you didn't have them? And how did that affect you? So I think 
the first time was when I got sober, which was uh, a little over 13 years ago, but I didn't even use the word boundary or, or really know what it was. I just knew that I had an issue with alcohol and I was drinking too much and I had to stop. Um, and those are, you know, stories in the book where I had a couple of near death experiences with alcohol and an abusive relationship. And I knew that, um, my life was going down the wrong path and that I had to, both break away from alcohol and this man. So I think that was the first time, but really focused on, on boundaries was with my second husband, um, also an abusive relationship. And I was in a lot of therapy and the therapist brought it to my attention. And that was around 2016. So I would say about five years ago, four, five or six years ago, where it was, the word boundaries was actually being used. And I was like, really brought to the light, oh, I really don't have boundaries in any area of my life. So when that, when you learned that boundaries were a problem for you, so five years ago, what, how did, was it profound? Did you immediately jump into changing that and creating boundaries or did you struggle to actually understand what they were and how they looked in your life? No, it was not immediate at all. I think setting boundaries for everybody is a process and for me, for sure. So first it took the awareness to figure out what were the areas that I really need to focus on um, and to get rid of those things that weren't serving me at the time and kind of take it step by step from there. So it was definitely a process over time. Still is, still still working on it, but much, much better today. <laughs> So in the book, so it's interesting because the book is a lot about, like you said, your personal relationships, your mm -hmm. relationships to substances, but also there's this one story in the book. And I think my audience would love to know this because sometimes we think it's easy as entrepreneurs to think that, well, maybe I have blurry boundaries with family and maybe I'm I'll let my kids get away with more than they can. We kind of try to compartmentalize these issues, but as you know, as an entrepreneur, how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so yes. if we don't have boundaries in our personal life, it's going to show up in our business. And it showed up for you in a very big way when you started your first your business, Freelance and Freedom. Why don't you share that story with the listeners so they can see how, although you're over here struggling with relationships and alcohol, how it actually showed up with your client? Yes, absolutely. Um, so in 2018, I left my job in Boston and packed up the car and moved across the country to Miami, Florida. And I had left, I decided I was leaving my job a year before. So I started as a virtual assistant or a virtual project manager. And before I moved to Miami, I had secured a contract with a business in Miami to be a, um, a virtual project manager, or so I thought. And um, once I got here, the woman actually lived about three miles down the street from me. So um, it, she was requesting or more requiring that I move actually, or that I work from her house every day. And um, it started, she had a, a marketing agency. And so it started as me kind of learning the ropes and managing some of her, her people and her clients. Um, she first thing that bothered me was she smoked cigarettes and she was like a chain smoker and I have asthma. And so in the beginning I did ask her, she, she asked me like, Oh, does this bother you? And I said, actually it does because I have asthma. Um, that to her translated to, okay, I'm not going to smoke in your face. I'll smoke with the window down or I'll open up the window and smoke out the window. But 
by month two, I was talking on the phone with my sister and she said, what's wrong with your voice? You know, your voice has changed. And I realized that the smoke was affecting my voice and I was going home with headaches every night and it just really wasn't healthy for me. So that was the first kind of sign, red, red flag with her. Um, beyond that, it started as me doing kind of, you know, normal project management tasks, but then she would get upset if I didn't do it exactly her way. And that soon turned into a change in the job that I was doing completely. So instead of working with her clients and the people that were developing content, I was working, um, going to get her car fixed and going to return her clothes at the mall and running to Walgreens for her and returning things. And it got to the point where um, she was asking me she, to lie, to do things uncomfortably or call people and demand a credit that she wasn't due or, um, you know, return, try to demand that the manager of Walgreens take back, uh, you know, something that she had used and exchange it for cigarettes past due what, on the receipt. And it was just um, very frustrating for me because I did not sign up to be a personal assistant and there's nothing wrong with being a personal assistant, but that's not what I wanted to do. And that's, you know, I would go home and be so upset every day. And my husband would say, well, you're the boss, you know, she's your client. And he had to keep reminding me of that. And it just got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I think I had gone to return a skirt for her at the mall and they ended up charging her for it instead of returning it. And when I got back, she got all upset and we got into an argument and I just said, this is it for me. You know, this isn't the right client. And I walked the three miles home that night and realized when I got home that I had to leave her. <laughs> so, so that's interesting is that this story with the client is super indicative of the other relationships and how they all progress because what I, when I read it and what I'm hearing again is that it started out with just a small boundary violation, right? Something small, yes. but it wasn't small, right? It just, you kind of minimalized it yourself. You have asthma. And so she was being polite by not blowing the smoke in your face. She was just blowing it out an open window instead, right? And <laughs> yes. so that's like the first slip of the boundary where you didn't enforce it. And then it's almost like it invited in all these other mini slips until it got to the point that you were doing things that were unethical and questionable and not even part of the reason that, that she brought you on to help her. Yes. And yeah. So speak to that. So this, it's a theme in the book where you kind of had to reach this explosive end to learn the lesson. So what, what would you tell yourself looking back on those situations and all the different stories about how you could have figured this out sooner? What would you do differently earlier on other than making a choice? What could you have done internally for yourself? Mm -hmm. So I think with all boundaries, it really comes down to loving yourself and putting yourself first. And I have my love yourself t-shirt on today. Um, but I think that you, putting yourself first and your needs first um, are really what all situations come down to. So for me, it, it could have looked like speaking up to her more about the cigarettes. You know, I think when boundaries are violated, they need to be brought, it needs to be brought to the person's attention. They might not even be realizing they're doing it or they could, and they could be manipulative and just trying to test you and see how far 
you'll let them go. Um, you know, having a difficult conversation with her saying, you know, well, you hired me for this and you're having me do this. So I was just curious, you know, when you decided or when the decision was made that my job responsibilities were going to change. Um, you know, it was even in the contract that we had. So bringing up the contract violation to her and saying, this isn't really what I signed up for. So I think just being direct and honest and communicating your needs and your wants clearly are super important. So I definitely could have done that better. And um, I, I mean, I think I stayed there two months, but I should have left after two weeks. I really should have. Um, I think the other thing is listening to your gut because your gut always knows what's best. And I was ignoring that feeling in my body that was making me uncomfortable when she asked me to call the credit card company and lie or whatever it was. It was just like, this is, you know, this is just not for me. And I ignored that feeling. I could not agree more with what you just said. So it's interesting because we often think about self-worth in terms of, I hear in the entrepreneurial space about how much you charge, right? Know your worth, right? Don't mm-hmm. undercharge because undercharging is chronic, especially among women entrepreneurs. However, sometimes it also means knowing your worth means knowing that you're in a spot where you're not meant to be and and the worth around the money, the fear, scarcity around I'm making money, they're a client, they're paying me, starts to erode, we trade, we barter our worth for dollars, right? Exactly. That never exactly. works out. That was, it. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was my exact thought. I think I was getting like 1200 a month and I was a new entrepreneur and my husband wasn't working. And so I was just like, oh, I'm going to stick it out because of the money. And your self-worth is not worth any amount of money for sure. Yeah, it's so true. We barter it, right? And it's it mm-hmm. never works out for us in the long run. Even if we get mm-hmm. the money, it still never works out. So, um, and then I love that you talk about trusting your gut, knowing when this isn't right, and being willing to not only identify it but also to honor it. I'll never forget one of my mentors. The best advice I I personally ever received on boundaries, and I think what is a common misconception is that boundaries aren't for other people to honor, they're for us to enforce. And so mm-hmm. we sort of think like, oh, if I set up this boundary, everyone else will honor it and that's their job. And when they don't, they're to blame. But the truth is, it's our job to enforce it, not them. It's never about them. It's about us saying, this is my boundary. And if you cross it, this will happen. And then honoring that in ourselves. So that really changed for me personally. And so it sounds like for you, you finally hit that point where you're like, I have a boundary here. I have, this is not what I want. I am going to speak to it and I'm going to enforce it. And that enforcing it could create either the, the end of the termination of the relationship where you let go of your client, or Mm -hmm. it can lead to a better relationship if it's genuinely a true misunderstanding. So your book is full of examples like this. (laughs) This is just, this is one of many um, about your lessons and learning about boundaries. And so if you, if, if the listeners, so what should the listeners, the people listening to this podcast, what should they watch for in their own lives? If they either think or suspect that they may not have somebody, a client, or even a family member, because the truth is if it's showing up in personal, it'll show up in our business. If they're, if they're not enforcing the boundaries, what should they look for to see if perhaps they either do not know that they have a boundary violation or that it's being taken advantage of? 
I think um, just going back to what we were saying about listening to your gut, because your body will have a reaction or an automatic response to something that isn't aligned with what you want or what you should be doing. And so kind of like, it's like a little wake up call, right? That we feel like in our bellies or even in our back, our tension. Um, So really, if it doesn't feel right, kind of pausing and stopping and taking the time to just be like, is this right? Asking yourself, asking the questions needed to figure out if this is really aligned with what you need and want. Oh, I love that. And yeah, self-reflection is everything, right? Because Mm -hmm. Getting emotionally neutral is part of the process that I promote. And then analyzing it just with compassion and objectivity. Mm-hmm. Is this what I want? Is this how it should be? How do I think of this? And being willing to have the tough conversations, which is we could have a whole other uh, podcast episode yeah. about those tough conversations and how to have that conversation without being confrontational. And, um, but that we could, like I said, that could be a whole other episode. So I was gonna, sorry, yeah. I just wanted to add one thing. Um, I was going to say the next step once you're aware is just having the willingness. So sometimes we're aware that we need to set the boundaries and we figure it out, but you know, are we willing to leave that relationship or leave that client? um, You know, when we really express what we do want and need. So the willingness to change uh, doesn't always follow once the awareness comes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that fear again, we're back to the fear of, what will happen? Some people avoid the tough conversation. Some people avoid what it will do to the relationship. And mm-hmm. it, going back to your book, you highlight that there are several times where you have to have that tough conversation and it doesn't end well for you. It, in fact, it ends up very dramatic for you. The, the business mm-hmm. case, the, the client, the marketing client is <laughs> a very small example of that. You have some pretty, I don't want to give away everything, but some of those stories that you share, you touch on abuse, you touch on, like you said, on substance abuse, but also uh, physical abuse. And there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack about how not having boundaries or not being aware of what your boundaries are and not enforcing them, how they can actually be to your detriment. You, of course, Christine, like I said, have lived nine lives. so. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, what are three things someone can do if they suspect or know that they need to, or know that they need to create or enforce some boundaries? What are three things that they can, if somebody's listening right now, they think uh, somebody, there's a, a relationship in my life, professional or otherwise, and I need to enforce that boundary. What can they do? So the first thing I think is to know what they value the the person who's setting the boundaries. So it's important to know your why and why you want to enforce this boundary to keep that at the top of mind when you're going in to have the difficult conversation. Um, so really knowing what is important to you. Like if I want to run a marathon, it's important to get the training in and drink and eat properly. So the my why is running the marathon and I'm setting these boundaries around to make sure that I'm successful to be able to run it, right? So knowing your why and what's valuable communicating the boundary clearly, because I think that sometimes we think we're communicating clearly, but we're so nervous or anxious, it doesn't come out the way that we want. And so being very direct, um, and then being prepared for the person to not um, respect your boundaries, because oftentimes people don't, and to bring up the boundary, the boundary violation right away when it happens. So if we say, you know, 
I'm not going to go out tonight because I'm running and someone says, Oh, Hey, let's go out to dinner. I said, you have to bring it up right away. And you know, no, I'm not going to go out because I really want to run this marathon. So, um, just being, not being afraid to bring it up because people forget, or they sometimes just don't care. And people, there's going to be people that try to disrespect your boundaries. Thank you for that. It's true. It's just part of life. And I think in particular, if we are worried about the response to the boundary enforcement, we can try to use wishy-washy words to ease the conversation to gently, right? And so that doesn't, that's not how boundaries get enforced. Boundaries are direct and they're precise and they're specific and they're unemotional. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, like I said, we could unpack the whole conversation of enforcing <laughs> a boundary for a long time. So Christine, tell us where can they find you on social media? Where are, is your book available to purchase and how can they learn more about working with you if they're interested in starting a business and going from career to business? Share your, your details. Sure. So my book is available on Amazon and also my website, which is freelanceandfreedom.com. So the letter N in the middle there. Um, You can also schedule a free discovery call with me there on the website um, if you're interested in opening a business. My social media is freelance and freedom and the book social media as well as my travels are is Blondie Without Borders. Oh, thank you so much. And I believe you have a freebie to help the listeners guide through their setting and establishing their own boundaries. And so that's on your website. And for those listening, I will put all of those below in the show notes and on the web, my website so that you can connect with Christine and learn more about her crazy, but so, (laughs) so impactful stories. I mean, really it it's better than a season of the real housewives. Like it is, we're talking major drama, but major, unlike the housewives, there are some real lessons and some real heartfelt understandings that you gain and share with everyone inside the book. Thank you so much for being here today, Christine. And so for those listening, like I said, there's a link to purchase Christine's book, Blondie Without Borders, in the show notes. And you can follow her on Instagram, as she mentioned, at Freelance and Freedom and Blondie Without Borders. And so that's it for this episode, everyone. I'll be back again, as always, next week with more practical tips, tricks, and insights to help you become the next best version of yourself. Bye for now. Thanks for being here today. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a moment to leave a review. Not only does it help me, but it allows other entrepreneurs like you to find this podcast. I'll be back next week with more practical, actionable insights to help you improve your mindset and grow your business. Talk to you soon.